Live from the studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the podcast, aka live stream on Twitch, known as the Other Kind Radio Talk Radio. I tried hard there for a moment to mess this up, but I'm going to keep going. Today is June 1st, 2020, and this is episode 88. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast, aka live uh, stream on Switch in which Todd and Jeff ping-pong around all things pop culture and deliver to you, the kind listener. My name is Jeff. Todd will be on shortly. Today's episode is being broadcast live on Twitch, as I've said a number of times here. Future broadcasts can be found on or at twitch.tv forward slash hectos, H-E-C-T-O-S, hectos, H-E-C-T-O-S, Tech issues from the first two episodes uh, episodes resulted in some archive streams to be, uh, what's the technical term? Not archived. Had to take those down. So, third time's a charm, right? I actually, uh, for those kind of listeners that aren't familiar with the phrase RTFM, it basically stands for read the f- manual. And I actually did that both with uh, equipment and settings that I've got here in the studio. So my voice should be a little bit better. Um, and we should be able to actually, we are streaming live, but we should be able to uh, keep it up and have a successful broadcast. Appreciate your patience. All right, on with the show. If you're a returning kind listener, welcome back to the program. We hope you're safe, practicing social distancing, being kind to others. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. So just hang in there. First-time listeners are congratulated on finding us among the plethora of podcasts that are out there. Todd and I are glad you're here. We would love to hear how you found out about the show. How did you find The Other Kind Radio? Was it underneath a rock? Was it stuck to your shoe? Was it something your dog deposited in the backyard? Just uh, let us know. Email us. Info at theotherkindradio.com. I-N-F-O at theotherkindradio.com. Or, and this is big news... You can give us a phone call. That's right. So for those of you listening to the podcast, if you're sitting at your desk, get out a pen and a piece of paper. You can call, and this is probably a horrible idea on my part, but you can give us a call at 214-843-1149. That is Todd's home phone number. So if someone answers, no, I'm kidding. That is a uh, a Google phone line 214-843-1149 just call and give us your thoughts leave a message i look forward to kind of hearing what you all say could be a huge like a mistake i said on my part we'll give it a shot that's the other kind radio hotline 214-843-1149 we encourage all of our kind listeners to like subscribe to the other kind radio most podcast apps have a feature available for example, on the on the Stitcher app, they can be archived, achieved. This can be achieved. I can't even read my notes. On the Stitcher app, you can hit the plus sign. Most podcast apps have a plus sign. If you hit that, that subscribes. By doing so, you're helping us. Uh, you're helping feed the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show in its gravitational pull. This episode of the Other Kind Radio is brought to you by Pub One Three Four. Located in Maple Village at 90th and Maple, right here in Omaha, Pub 134 is now open. Nick and his talented staff have deep cleaned the bar. And the bar is usually very, very clean, so I don't know what that means. But anyway, they've cleaned it up, stocked your favorite adult beverages, and ready to serve you. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. They're at Pub134Omaha. And uh, they're posting hours and any adjustments to schedule on there. Pub134, thank you for listening. Go in, say hi to Nick. Tell him the Other Kind Radio sent you. This week on the Other Kind Radio, uh, in the pre-center stage segment, we're now going to call it the Green Room. We're going to do a COVID-9 update. Do a temperature check with Todd, see how he's doing, see how you're doing. 
We're going to talk a little SpaceX launch. We had some history in space this weekend, so we're going to talk about that. And we got a couple uh, articles, uh, one from the Rolling Stone, talking about 50 classic movies that are available on the new service HBO Max, a.k.a. HBO Now app. Uh, there's also another article from Vox um, that kind of rates all of the streaming services out there. We're going to try and give you a heads up where your money may be best spent when it's looking at a service for streaming. And then we're also going to talk about a new uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie called Killers of the Flower Moon. And uh, there's some news that goes along with that. And then on center stage, uh, a new uh, show. It was recommended to me from, from Todd, and it uh, is on Hulu. It's called Almost Normal, and I think it's worth watching during this time of uh, self-isolation. All right. How long was that? Good Lord. How many, how many minutes was I just yapping there? Six and a half minutes. I apologize, kind listener. Let's get to the real meat of the show right now. Let's bring on my podcast partner, in case you're wondering, he is a family generator, movie maker, guitar and drum player, book author, dive bar boombox founder, and all around a renaissance man live from a studio in the great state of Texas and delivering the pop cultural reference of the number 88. Here's Todd. Yeah, you did a great job with that, except the show's called Normal People. I don't, it's not almost normal. I think almost Oh, it normal. is. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah, in fact you know imdb tell us what else let's see let's bring up another instant of imdb almost normal, normal. yeah and i've been making that mistake all week that's fantastic yeah almost hit a home run but uh there was a movie of 2005 called almost normal that only had five stars in it and it was a gay man approaching a midlife crisis that started being different because he's gay oh Okay, I'm sorry. When your log line is a character that is this is tired of being this, your movies aren't. <laughs> How are you, Jeff? I'm good. It's good to talk to you. Um, good you lord, too. what's that? I said it's good to talk to you too. Oh, thank you, Todd. I appreciate that. So, guess what episode we're on today, Jeff? We're on episode 88, and we're going to discuss it today a new show on Hulu called Almost Fiction. At least you've turned away from your pre-production focus of, of show, but thought. So, I, all I want to say is that those of you who can't hear that, which is everybody, be glad you weren't there with us because Jeff took us down some very <laughs> self-congratulatory <laughs> paths that was not comfortable. But eighty-eight, eighty-eight is the natural number. Everybody, say it with me. Following eighty-seven and preceding eighty-nine. <laughs> you're so you're so consistent. I absolutely love it. I love that that fact. I love that Wikipedia every time gives it to me. It's a refractable number. No idea what that means. I'm not going to chase down that path. But along with what we're going to talk about the history this week, Space Shuttle Mission 88 launched and completed in December of 1998 and began the construction of the International Space Station. So there you go. This episode ties into a little bit of our history this week. But as we all would much rather do, Let's jump into the pop culture relevancy of the number 88. Do you remember what you were doing in 1988, Jeff? Let's see. In 1988, I um, was getting ready to move up to Omaha. I was about ready to be a sophomore in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I was, I was doing 88... 1988 things. I'm 1988 sure, things. I'm well, sure I had like a comb in my back pocket. Um, probably was pretty interested in after school specials. I think cartoons were still on TV. So let's go ahead and actually talk about what happened instead <laughs> of just memory lane. Um, laser eye surgery became prevalent for the first time in the year 1988. Stephen Hawking's Hawkins published a brief history of time the antidepressant prozac was introduced which quickly became the market leader for treating depression and fueled how many countless drug trips and whatnot prozac we didn't need you but thanks for coming around uh popular toys <laughs> we had the tasty bake oven mm. we had 
Oh, some of these I've never seen. Oh, Transformers were hot in 1988. You know, I've had people ask me about the Transformer movies and what I think of them. And besides the fact that I think Michael Bay is an awful filmmaker, I, in, in 1988, I would have been 21. So the toy Transformers, you know, comes out and doesn't hit me. It doesn't affect my pop culture world, but I know a lot of people that those Transformers, man, are just a huge part of who they were growing up. Did you play with them at all? Oh, yeah. Or were, you, were you too old for that? No, actually, it's it's funny. I, first of all, I thought you were really asking me when you asked what I was doing in 1988. I, that's why I give you such a thoughtful answer. Um, I didn't know it was. I didn't know you were looking for a, a meatball. Um. It, Definitely in 88, very big into cartoons. Mask was a big cartoon. Transformers, I was bigger into the cartoon than I was. I was a little past the toys um, as far as playing with them. But I do remember from that era thinking about how cool would it be if they ever made a movie? You know, like G.I. Joe, Transformers. Yeah, I was like, man, this would make a great movie when they can. Boy, did they turn out like, no. (laughs) I've, I've never watched one all the way through because I, I tried up until then to go, okay, I'll go see a Michael Bay movie. Oh, 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 you know, and it just constantly punched me in the gut and reminded me of why I don't like movies like that. Speaking of movies in the year 1988, we had rain man winning the best picture who framed Roger Abbott, huge hit Beetlejuice amongst this list. My favorite, a fish called Wanda. Love that movie. Just saw it again on TV the other night on HBO or something like that. Great movie. Even Michael Bay's IMDb picture makes him look like he's maybe makes movies that you wouldn't like. Douchebag. I, I don't. It, he is one of those directors that you look at and you think, okay, you, you just need to be directing commercials and there's nothing wrong with that. He doesn't have the substance of understanding of a narrative to make it interesting. It's oh, okay. So go let's watch, go watch Pearl Harbor and it'll just beat you. I have beat a, you. I have a story about Pearl Harbor. I'll tell someday about when that movie came out back in the days when we were working at uh, the big internet company, which uh, I'll just tease that the story involves Ben Affleck, Cuba Gooding and Kate Blanchett. Um, But let's you can't not tell the story now. (laughs) I'll save it. I'm going to package it up. Somebody never watches us again or listens to us again. Oh, they will. They'll be like, you know, I was on the edge and then I had to hear the Kate Blanchett, Ben Affleck, Cuba Gooding story, and I came back and I became a kind Be listener. So let's get, let's give the kind listener real quick. Let's paint the picture for him. Here is what Michael Bay has directed: a lot of a lot of videos. Great White, Call It Rock and Roll, Winger, uh, Can't Get Enough, um, Great White, My My My, The Video Collection, uh, Meatloaf. Okay, so now he starts making some movies: Bad Boys, The Rock, Pearl Harbor, Armageddon. Transformers 13 hours, which was much better than 12 hours. And then I think the last one I see was six underground, but Hey, for those it's ro robo robo collapse collapse. There's some new movie coming out. R O B O P O C A L Y P S E. No idea. Okay. Um, it's called I Don't Follow Michael Bay. <laughs> All right. So what else is going on with 88? Uh, 88. The last thing I'm going to throw out is for the year of music. It's no surprise that in that era we had U2, Gloria Stefan. The one that I want to throw out is the release of my favorite Michael Jackson song. And I'm not, I've said it before, I'm not a huge Michael Jackson fan, but the song Dirty Diana comes out in 1988. Really? That, that is such a great great tune with a nice little riff and then when it gets to the uh the chorus with the and i but all i can see still is that music video when he's got the fan kicking up on him and he's on stage (laughs) and he's doing all this stuff with and it's like now when you watch it in hindsight it is so gross but man what a great song that was actually that was natural wind um either that you know that song or uh smooth criminal probably my favorite michael jackson song if you and i were ever contestants on you bet a zillion dollars and we were in the final round and they put three songs up there that was your favorite from 1988 dirty diana would have i would have never selected that that is a big surprise I said 
favorite Michael Jackson song, oh. not favorite song from 1988. See how I just tie that all together. And I, I'm so used to you are like a wife. You hear every third <laughs> word I say and you develop truth out of that. You know, I am right all the time and I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much 88, the significance of 88, how it ties to pop culture, the years, etc. Also, the number of Michael Irvin. Yeah, that's true. Michael and Irvin. Jerry Rice. Part. And I'm sure of a couple other that uh, kind listeners are going, don't forget about the greatest of all time, blah, blah, blah. So um, call, the eight, call, the, call the 800 number. Now it's an 800 number. Did you know that? Uh, no, I, call yeah. the other kind, uh, love, well, we've got to, it's not the love line, but the, the kind line, whatever, 214-843-1149, leave us a message on your thoughts on the number 88. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we are foregoing due to time constraints, Todd's take on and Jeff's judgment on this week. So let's go ahead and get out that angry typewriter and let's go ahead and go on and cover uh, I guess it's not really headlines. The segment's called Green Room, but we have a typewriter. Things are right on schedule and normal here at The Other Kind Radio. Um, so as we enter the green room, uh, feel free to grab some fruit. There's uh, some craft service there for you. And let's get into a COVID-19 update. I just, you know, just a quick temperature check. We're now a couple months into this. It's been an interesting ride for me, especially... Uh, having been furloughed, but I just wanted to quickly ask you, Todd, how are you doing? Doing good. Um, my wife and I were just sitting around last night, kind of talking, uh, about how crazy this is to have changed the way it has. Um, our daughter uh, is officially a senior in high school and the year changed so dramatically from the moment this hit, we were taking her on a college visit. And now suddenly it's really odd for us that how quickly this seems like the norm. And you almost look back to the old time and you're, you're, you're in a, a situation where you think, wow, I, I, I don't even remember that whatnot, but you know, we're, we're good. We're just trying to forge ahead and understand what it's going to be like to have a senior in high school and getting ready to send her off to college. That's going to be different than what we expected right before we went uh, to, to Colorado and came back into COVID world. How are things for you? Things are good. I'm going to go more of a deep dive on kind of psychologically. Um, for me, and Todd looks like Todd's going off camera for a second. Oh, he's I'm going, I'll be back. Okay. All right. Todd's away. We're live. So this is where I vamp. Um, many years ago, uh, I discovered a vitamin mixture that has continued. I have no idea. Um, no, what I was going to talk about, and I don't mind just talking to you, kind listener. Um, so when things first kicked off, I was so used to in my professional life of always going, always being busy, always having things uh, to do and projects to finish. Um, you know, you kind of, for me, it wasn't an immediate change. Uh, that process of always being busy or wanting to stay busy, uh, starting new projects, uh, streaming on Twitch, you know, all those things came fairly easy. But I have to say, um, over the past month, things have, have been quite different. Um, definitely a a lull, if you will. I wouldn't say a low, but a lull. And, um, you know, trying to, you know, every day trying to get up at a certain time, get certain goals done during the day, uh, became more and more difficult. Uh, not, 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 I'm not talking about like a tra tragically difficult, but, uh, there definitely wasn't some kick and drive happening, um, necessarily every day. So that's lasted for a couple of weeks. I also injured my knee and was kind of on the mends for that. So I don't know if it's a combination of time passing and the knee getting better, but as of recently, things feel like to be, have been, kind of kicking into a more regular uh, pattern. Feeling a little more uh, upbeat about things. And then, and then, you know, I think getting up every day a little earlier. For a while there, I was, you know, going to bed rather late and waking up halfway through the day. 
And uh, I absolutely didn't like that at all because I feel like I'd already lost half the day. So I uh, started getting up earlier, starting to go to bed uh, earlier, and uh, starting to feel some of that drive come back, starting to feel uh, ready to do some projects. Todd's back with us now. I'll give him a quick summation. Just talking about when uh, furlough and everything first happened, you know, the drive to continue to be as busy as you are in your professional life was still there for me. And then probably the course of the last couple of weeks, maybe close to a month, things have kind of hit a lull, a little harder to get up, a little harder to get motivated. Of course, I had my injured knee, so that that kind of slowed me down a little bit. But um, I don't know. I mean, I was telling the kind listener, I don't know if it's a combination of the knee, um, but also, you know, just kind of getting tired of being tired, starting yeah. to feel more, more uh, energy. Got a lot more done in the studio yesterday. Obviously, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I finally watched some videos and read some stuff on how to work the equipment I have in the studio here. It's one it's one uh, bad habit to uh, be somewhat talented at technical stuff early in your career and later think like, well, I, I can figure it out. And then you watch a video and you're like, oh, I didn't know Windows had its own sound mixer built in that could allow me to have independent control of Todd's voice on my mixer so I don't have to constantly be worrying about that. Um, so for, I was just getting into just kind of the psychological of it. I'm, I feel like I'm coming out of the other end of a, a, a kind of a tunnel. It wasn't a long tunnel. Uh, it was a big tunnel. There was plenty of room in there and there was beer. Um, but uh, yeah, just starting to feel a little, a little more, uh, a little more motivated, a little more uh, pep in the step, so to speak. I, I look and I think my situation has been abnormal from the standpoint that my work actually increased. My work became chaotic to the point where I, you know, I was among those people that have said that when you're at home, especially if you isolate to an extent where you're in a room uh, that has, doesn't have a lot of sunshine in it because my media room does not have windows. Right. I, I would, I, I would get to the point where the days did not, separate anymore it was literally go to bed wake up work go to bed wake up work i've over the past few days actually probably the past couple of weeks started to force myself to come sit outside for that very reason there you go. I, I still i still do like to close the blinds because i don't like a lot of i i'm one of those people that need to focus on what i'm doing but you know i i, I look at what you're going through jeff and i think there have been so many stories that so many people have gone through with this, be it from those that are furloughed that find themselves wondering, you know, where the motivation comes from, like you were saying. And then I, I know there've been people like me that, that it's just turned into when you don't have a work life where you get in a car and drive every day and it signals right. the beginning and the end of the day, your, your life becomes this straight ahead shot that I, I really, I, I was saying to my wife, if I, if I may go back to what, what yeah. we talked about last night, that, you know, for our daughter, this is going to be a 9-11 like moment where the world stopped and you, you're, you're singularly, you're going to be able to pinpoint and say, I know what happened when this did, because when we, the day we drove back from Colorado was the day all the lockdown stuff started occurring. Right. Um, so I can, I, I've never had a, a trip that I can remember as many details of coming back because of that. However, <clears throat> if you go back to nine 11, I can remember the post effects because, you know, you and I working at the big internet company, I had to start traveling again soon. Mm -hmm. uh, had the, had the moment of being escorted off a plane because it wouldn't work and uh, escorted. I mean, literally by a guy with like an M 16, uh, he, they had military people in the airport taking three people at a time to the new plane. So those kind of things I can remember from nine 11, I'm going to be struggling to remember anything past COVID because of what I did. I isolated yeah. in that room and I couldn't see the days and it, that's what I'll remember is that I don't perceive that. So I think there's so many experiences and each one of them is true to the idea that this stopped the world. This stopped the world in a way that I don't know that we have seen anything before, nor will we see again. I, I just, I don't know that that will occur, but it, it is a very bizarre thing to realize that we are that frail that the world had to stop. 
Very well said. And two things I want to add on to that real quick. One, I don't want to give our kind listener any impression that anything I was going through uh, compares to what's happening t- to many across the country. This, um, I just didn't want it to be misinterpreted as an oh, poor me moment. Just talk, I was just sharing with the kind listener a little of what was going through my mind. I mean, I think part of an important element here is we, we do kind of deal with our day-to-day, right? Perception's reality, and, and we, we only know what's presented in front of us. That I do, and I think a lot of a kind listener spend a lot of time thinking about those that aren't just faced with, you know, what I would consider, you know, not that difficult situation, right? Food, we've got food, we've got water, we've got shelter. I know there are a lot of people out there in worse situations. So I, I did want to say that real quick, not in trying to create a case or an oh, poor me moment. Um, but along hey, that- I, I need to interrupt you to yeah. that. I, we've got to get away from the, hey, I know there are other people with hardships. Okay. So we all face hardships. Um there is the absolute truth to don't judge somebody until you walk a, a mile in their shoes. Sure. You know, look, are there people out there facing different hardships than yours? Yes. But I want to hear their stories too. Right. Right. I want to hear their hardships and, and your hardships. I know what you're going through as your friend. I appreciate I, I, that. I'm stepping in to protect you because I don't want to hear you diminish you or your struggles again. I appreciate that. Todd. That means a lot to me. And, and, and you're right. The important thing is here is we have a, a, a great community, a very supportive community that continues to grow. And we would like, that's why I opened this uh, stupid phone line and, and we've got, you know, info at the other kind radio, if you want to email us, but yeah, if you've got a COVID-19 situation, Todd's seeing ghosts behind him, um, that you want to share with us, please, by all means do 214-843-1149 for the voicemail for the other kind radio. This is the other kind radio. Uh, we were just kind of doing a COVID update, probably next big in the headlines that I spent a lot of geek time. And I, I Todd said in pre-production made me giggle how he was introduced, introduced to it, introduced um, this past weekend, even with all the craziness going on, um, we had some, some history happen out in outer space. And uh, that was with the SpaceX dragon ship and its crew and how poignant that the crew's name, I and mean, it just tickled me, and I've got a weird sense of humor, but it just tickled me and cleared up some of the blues, was that the, the astronauts' names are Bob and Doug. <laughs> it's almost like a radio station somewhere in the country had a competition. They were like, let's send two people to space. How about Bob and Doug? Um, you said you were introduced to it. I, I missed it. I was online. I was working in the studio, learning how to use equipment that I've owned for months. And then it kind of came across the feed. How are you, how was this uh, historical moment brought to your attention? My lovely wife is a person that drinks in life and screams about it. She <laughs> loves to take it. Ah! Uh, we are uh, the truth of opposite. It's attract. Right. And I was in my much discussed theater. And I, I think I was actually slogging through Star Trek. So a little bit of a, you know, a, a tie into space, Star Trek Discovery, which by the second season becomes so bad and so tedious that it's killing me <laughs> to finish it. Because I do like the guy that plays Ka- Christopher Pike, uh, Anson Mount, I think, from Hell on Wheels. Great actor. Love him. That's the reason I'm still journeying on. I digress. I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, I'm forcing myself. And all of a sudden I hear, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? What is the house? on fire You're right and then i hear my wife screaming abby abby and they run into the theater and she's like do you want to watch the launch of spacex and i was like is that the steve carell show <laughs> i realized it was the spaceship was blasting off and i was like okay yeah i'll watch it and you know this is what i i love seeing historic moments like that what i was immediately taken by was my wife's assertion that, Hey, look, this time they have cameras on the ship. I'm like, um, they've no. had cameras on the ship before, just not this high quality. Right. The, and, and that, that hit me. I was like, wow, this looks great. And then, but my first thought and lasting thought, Jeff, I, I don't want to blow up any of our kind listeners, but the flat earthers, <laughs> did you watch that and kind of go, damn. Yeah. Kind of hard when it's right there in front of you. Yeah. Um, they probably think it's fake. So it, it, it would be funny. Um, so I've got two thoughts here and you've told me not to hold back. You know, that show wife swap. Um, I was on it. You were on wife swap. 
Just thought I'd say that. Oh. No, uh, yeah, I was, my, man, I was my like, full of life wife would kill me if we were on there. But go ahead. The reason why I bring it up is is it, it would be interesting to have Abby and I, uh, not Abby. Your wife is not Abby. Your daughter is Abby. But to have your wife, good lord, I'm stumbling yeah, all like, over this. Um, because I'm the freak in this household. I'm the one running around going, "Oh my god, the spaceship saw the thing!" You know, and I'm like in the studio practicing. It is momentous day as spaceship dragon approaches the International Space Station, and it's been nine years since an American has dark blah blah. And I, I get nothing but but minimalist and passe milk toast results. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah, okay, whatever. And I'm like, no, this is really cool. Um, so it would be interesting. See, I have kind of a long walk for a short stick there. But the other thing you made me think of as I quickly try, this is a kind listener. This is me trying to recover. I'm recovering right now. Um, is yes. So I, w- I didn't watch launch so much as I did the docking and, um, I didn't see any of that. the, the docking was cool. You know, it's you're inside the ISS, the international space station. And there is, I mean, there's everywhere there's cables all on the walls there's graffiti bob ate here actually bob and doug were the astronauts and that's not funny todd ate here well you're the host so you were in the spanish station anyway the international space station looks old it looks as old as it is and they would then they would cut once they dock to the interior of the dragon dude you talk about trying to compare a 1978 gremlin to a tesla Oh my goodness. Everything in there, just gorgeous. Everything is touchpad. I guarantee you, they may not announce it. They may not say it out loud, but I guarantee Bob and Doug, their first private moment after going through the whole welcome ceremony of getting out of the ISS, probably had a little moment where they were in zero grav because that's space and looked at each other and said, man, this place looks like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, is that an eight-track player over there? Is that what? Look at that! That guy's wearing a Walkman. Jeez, Louise, we take it a step back into the past. What I think is hilarious is that reductionist Jeff becomes <laughs> jubilant Jeff whenever it's things like this. You, you flip over right. to the other side, right? Um, you see, and I'm immediately taken back to watching the launch and. My wife's a very smart woman. I, I, I'm not trying to degrade her when I say this, but she starts telling our daughter, this is the first time Americans have been in space in 11 years. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> yes, that's the first time. I said this is the first time they've launched from American soil and an American spaceship. They've gone up. No, they have not. And I said, so how do you, all the footage that you see people in the space station? And she just looks at me and I'm like, I win. Stop. Right. Was, it was literally that we were such a married couple bickering at that point. That's that awesome. we, we probably saw one third of the footage, but. So you have false headline talk in your household as well? Oh, God. I mean, I just, I have to take, like, something will be said that is so far gone, but I, but, but it's a moment where other people are possibly learning about bi- a bigger picture. So I literally have to, like, go in, you know, shove a, a, an orange into my mouth and jump off the deck. And, and just like have an orange go, into your mouth, go stick my head in the sand because you know it's like because uh, my inner my inner brain my inner Jeff's going now's not the time to correct it's okay <laughs> it's all right right Cardi B was not born in 1956 it's okay you don't it's it's fine wow. don't worry about it um your your incorrect facts beat my incorrect facts that's just i want to say right if you're going to be wrong be way wrong just try go yeah, for it yeah not just a little bit um so anyway spacex launched and uh docked with the international space station congratulations to bob and doug i'd love you know i'd love to have them on the podcast i know they're up there listening to us right now so congratulations bob and doug and uh, good luck to them and all their work they're going to do over the next couple weeks and uh one thing about being in zero gravity is you always look happier. There's nothing pulling your face down. So for all you people wanting secret beauty tips, just launch into space. should be all right. I I would love to follow up a thought of that, <laughs> but I, I'm looking at my own face on the camera. And by the way, it wasn't ghost. You know what this camera does? It allows me to see that I need to fix things in a room. This lovely 1K light that you see right here. Yeah. See how the cable is all of a sudden falling? Yeah, yeah, your 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 coiling there is for sh. Yeah, that, but, that that has to do with that. My wife's come over to play her Galaga machine. I'm sure. But 
<laughs> she touches shit she shouldn't. But the, but the story behind that cable is it's recently been used, and you only had a few minutes between your busy schedule and the podcast to quickly put your gear away. I love how you make me seem so important. Right? You are. You are. Uh, let's move along to our next uh, area and topic. I thought of you, Todd, when I saw this, and I'm going to kind of be looking at a different screen and talking to you, so don't think I'm being rude. So this uh, recent week, um, and I'm still puzzled by this, and it could be a different conversation sometime, Todd, but um, HBO Now, which was a service, kind of like Netflix, where you pay $15 a month, and then everything that's on HBO is, is available to you. Um, I heard rumors really have been kind of busy with other stuff and HBO, HBO max was launched HBO max, which HBO max is, am I still going to get my stuff? Is my price going up? What does this mean? Well, HBO max is just kind of a rebranded fancier way of saying HBO now. So my cost is the same. I guess I just get some more things, but anyhow, Rolling Stone put out an article this previous week, 50 classic movies to watch on HBO max. And I thought, man, oh, man, oh, man, I am a yet but an infant when it comes to film. But my AFI Top 100, and those podcasts are available on the archive on uh, any of your podcast uh, caching software, uh, if you want to listen to them. I bet I've seen a lot of these movies. So I start going through here and looking, and I'm not recognizing any of them. So when I thought was an infant, I'm still probably in utero when it comes to my film knowledge. So I thought we'd go through some of these kind of quick and see if any of them catch your eye. Uh, the link there is in the uh, production schedule. First movie they're talking about, Adam's Rib, 1949. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, You've seen it? it? I, I saw that as a kid, I believe, yeah. Previously on Adam's Rib. Oh, that's my knee bone. Uh, what What's about? That's a that's a uh, Hepburn and Tracy movie, I think. Hang oh, on, I'm looking it up. oh, I've got it, it right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hepburn yeah. and Tracy. Yeah, that's and I I was never a huge fan. George Kukar directs. Uh, domestic and professional tensions mount when a husband and wife work as opposing lawyers on a case involving a woman who shot her husband. That was always the thing, you know, because they were a real life couple and they would get on there and it was always the back and forth until the, the thing struggled and brought them together. It's, it's a romantic comedy. Of now you see, I can't find my rib. Last time I saw it, you had it. Um, is this from the era where movie titles were also just kind of like rando second thought Adam's rib? That gives implication of maybe some kind of religious element. I don't know that it was. I, you know, I, I don't recall, Jeff. I'm <laughs> sure there's actually a reason for that. But let's move on to the other movies. We're, okay. we're now just BSing and, and going. The Battle of Algiers. Yes or no? No, I've never seen it. Okay. What about <laughs> The Bitter Tears of Peter Van Kant? Nope. Not an idea. Oh. Not even a clue. Um, I'm going to skip that one. Breathless, 1960. Yes. Bringing Up Baby, 1938. Uh, you've never seen Bringing Up ba Baby? Bringing Up Baby. Was that on the AFI Top 100? <laughs> oh, it's also another Ka Catherine Hepburn movie. Yes. Um, with by the way, with going Cary Grant. Back, going back to Breathless, this is where yeah. eventually we need to have foreign film talk radio because that's Jean-Luc Godard um, written by Truffaut. Uh, that's, that's like a... 60s landmark film that changed the way a lot of people saw things so yeah we need to i i we skipped ahead so quickly we got to go back and watch some of those films at some point well i should i should tell the kind listener the whole point of this thing is not to show how big of an idiot i am because you can do that by going on any of the podcasts that we've recorded available on all your podcasts um but mainly to see if this is something worth getting right i mean for the, the great thing about these services is there's no contract so if you got a lot of time and you want to watch some classic movies right now, it's looking like it's a good investment. You've hit a couple yeah. good strong ones there. Our next two, I can say I've seen. What are they? Casablanca, 1942. Seen that. Mm -hmm. Citizen Kane. Been turned around on that. One of the greatest movies of all time, if not the. Um, I'm going to see if I can. Oh, and then, of course, Dr. Strangelove is on there. So that's good. I just bought the Criterion <laughs> disc of that. Um. What about 
Gold Diggers of 1933. Isn't that a musical? Most folks usually head straight to 42nd Street, which is also streaming here, for their Depression-era musical fix. We'd recommend this is either an alternative or the second half of a perfect double feature. Good yeah. job. Well, wealthy composer rescues unemployed Broadway performers with a new play. So that, I've never seen it, but I do know it. Much better than the coal diggers of 18. God. 33. <laughs> Um, I I want the kind listener that may be new to this to know when I, Oh God, Jeff, it's not that, Hey, that actually is a good play on that. It's just that Jeff (laughs) obviously always finds this and we don't want any false compliments being released out here. You're right. right, right, right. Um, here's one that's pretty specific. Um, the killing of a Chinese bookie, 1976, Never heard of it. All right. Um, we're getting down here. The Long Goodbye. That sounds like something you've seen. That is something I've seen. That is. So at some point, we need to uh, also do Film Noir. Uh, that is, uh, that's a Robert Altman film with Elliot Gould. Um, that uh, private investigator Philip Marlowe helps a friend out of a jam but in doing so gets implicated with his wife's murder. Um, that's one of the greats. I didn't know that was on there. I haven't seen that since I was young, so I may have to go watch that. Another one um, that I know superstar Steve would be interested in is Monterey Pop 1968. Mm. Got Joplin, Hendrix. That's, I, I weirdly, even you go to, to uh, Woodstock, the, the famous film there, Scorsese is actually an editor on that. Oh, wow. And, um, I, as much as I love great filmmakers, I just don't like concert films. Even whenever yeah. you put somebody like Bruce, I, I not somebody yeah. who wants to sit and watch them play. That makes sense. Um, so I, I don't know that I'd ever watch that. Um, so we got a couple more here real quick. Uh, Network 1976. That's a good one. Great one. North by Northwest. Another great one. Mm-hmm. Um, legendary Alfred Hitchcock film. Not to confuse by... Uh, south by southeast around the corner from the circle k which wasn't picked up by many theaters once upon a time in the west which uh interestingly enough i'm guessing plays along with the once upon a time in hollywood right in those genre films that i believe that has uh uh, a young clint eastwood in it gotta ask yourself one question are the um what you gotta ask yourself one question was that was that once upon a time or twice upon a time (laughs) Sorry. So, um, you know, I, I want to go back and let's actually talk film real quick because those are the great films with Sergio Leone ah. that he did a series that then we've had uh, both Robert Rodriguez with Once Upon a Time in Mexico and then Tarantino uh, Once Upon a Time in Whatchamahickey. Uh, what was his last film? Why can't I think of that? Tarantino? Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, they're they're all. Thank you. I couldn't think of Hollywood. Uh, they're all nods to this idea of what Leone did, which is to sort of do a fantastical reimagining of that. Right. So Leone, one of the great filmmakers. If you've not watched, go watch his stuff. And and I'm beginning to think this might be a good recommendation or possible. Uh, maybe a uh, we get Father's Day coming up. I know Pop listens to the uh, podcast, so just forget what I'm getting ready to say. Pop, forget what I'm getting ready to say. Uh, Rio Bravo, Salesman, The Searchers, um, Seven Samurai. Um, mm. I'm thinking this is a good gift idea for somebody. I mean, this is all included when you when you subscribe. And again, no, so, uh, once again, callers, uh, there's no, <laughs> there's no contract. So why do you get it for a couple of months and and watch some films? So what what's kind of cool too is if you already have. Um, HBO service, you are getting it for free right now. Oh, uh, log in, you can get it. Um, the the thing that that really hit me with it is, I think it's an incredibly bad name for it. What it's doing, uh, I then went out read some press releases across Variety and things like that. And and you know, not to validate me, but I, I found a lot of good people that are in mm. you know that report on that field saying why i warner brothers owns hbo and we understand hbo is probably one of their most recognizable names 
what they should have done is just instead of having all these different apps, because you have HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO Max. Well, HBO Max replaced HBO Now. Right. But what they're saying is that they've diluted Uh by having the number of these. They should have just wiped all of them out and had one just called HBO. Yeah. Or they should have called it Warner Brothers Now. They should have done something because Warner Brothers is is, as easily as distinctive and recognizable name as HBO is. It, It was just a mistake. You can't figure out what it is, especially when you start getting into that they also own friends and friends is on there. It's like, wait, HBO is premium content wise friends on here. They've not done a very good job of this. However, I will say since it launched now, when you go into it, the first thing they talk about is look at all the movies. Cause it's not just Warner brothers. It's paramount. It's all these right. things that you can watch on it. Uh, it's weird. Did you look at it the first day it launched uh, first or second day? So the first day, you know, here it was. And the first thing they have up there is friends. And I get, that's probably one of the biggest properties they, they will own. That's why a lot of people are going to go. That's why my wife wanted it. But then within a few days, five days, or whatever it all of a sudden has the watch all these movies and then you can look through the entirety of the catalog the first few days it was just scrolling stuff you could Mm. not easily jump into categories and find it so i I don't understand that i never understand why you don't launch it full tilt anyway it's got a lot of good stuff on it i tried to launch the twitch version of this <laughs> twice now and it's been a failure so uh i, I was covering i, I feel their pain bring that up i know i know there was my exit and i and i locked it um real quick close it out uh, shoot the piano player not a fan of that playing the piano myself singing in the rain which i know you're a big fan of solaris the 39 steps which is a great sequel to 38 steps the treasure of the shower madre and 2001 Wild Bunch and the original Wizard of Oz. So I'm going to say for me, and I, I hopefully speaking for you, I'm thinking for the kind listener out there needing to watch some of these great classics, looking for a place to find them. HBO uh, Max is a is a good place to check out. And I will also go and fix Jeff. Um, kind listener, Thirty Nine Steps is Alfred Hitchcock's <laughs> classic film that is considered by many to have some of the earliest examples of perfect filmmaking in it. Uh, De Palma famously tips his hat to that that film again and again go watch that um, it, it, there's no such thing as the 38 steps it there says, was the sequel which actually jumped ahead to 41 <laughs> steps but it says right here inspired by the play off of Woolworth Street in Omaha what? Nebraska 38 steps God. Hitchcock was here having a sandwich how the hell are we still on the air I don't know. We might be off. If I screwed things up again, I was so funny going back last week and like listening to the beginning of the show. And thank God I do, because all I heard was me going, (laughs) yeah, no, that's a good point. Right. And I'm going like, like, this time, like, what the hell is going on? Are they hearing me this time? They are hearing you. I'm I'm triple. Everyone. Yeah. uh, Welcome to the show, Todd. Um, So we're running short on time. We'll save, uh, maybe next week we'll cover the, the review of the different streaming uh, platforms because uh, it is a useful article. But so we can close things out and keep things on schedule. We, I know you've got things to do. I really want to talk. I want to spend the last uh, 15 minutes or so talking about something that once again, you I think you said in passing, um, being your podcast wife, all I heard was normal issues. And then I spent 45 minutes on Amazon Prime, wrong streaming service, trying to find this show called Almost Normal. Uh, uh, went in, uh, the artwork on it, right? Don't judge a book by its cover. It's a, it's a, and we'll get into the IMDB. I don't know if you have the page up. Um, give us a tale of the tape, but basically from the, from the book cover, it looks like something out of the notebook. Now, a notebook's a great movie and, and, you know, no, no, uh, ill will meant towards that production. But, you know, right now with everything going on, it was like, you know, all I need is, you know, you complete me when you write my notebook. I just didn't need that right now, but mm-hmm. we forged ahead. We watched it. It's now got me breaking into a horrible Irish accent ever so randomly <laughs> with a tail of the tape paddle. Let's give it over to Todd. Todd, tell us about human on normal. 
So normal people, based on the novel by Sally Rooney, which was incredibly decorated uh, a few years ago, uh, lots of accolades coming out about it, tells the story of Marion and Connell from different backgrounds, but the same small town in Ireland as they weave in and out of each other's romantic lives. That comes off sounding a little bit like a reduction of a romantic um, story. And it is, you know what? Romance does not have to be beautiful. And this romance is not beautiful. These are young people with issues. It begins with Connell being the star athlete of his school, Marion being incredibly smart yet shunned. And I I immediately went and told my wife after watching one or two episodes, I said, you know, what's funny is usually I would look if you were going to cast a pretty person. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you are pretty Jeff. <laughs> this young lady, uh, her name is Daisy Edgar Jones that plays Marianne and Paul Mescal Mescal plays Connell. Um, they're going into their background they They both come from very good training. They're good actors. Um, but when I saw Marianne, I thought, ah, she's so, so cute. She is cute as she yeah. can be. But then I started thinking, I thought, you know, how many, this is the truth where this gets so good to me right away. How many young ladies, young men did I know in high school that were attractive people, but for whatever reason, because it didn't fit the idea of a pretty person, we all went, oh, you're so ugly, you're stupid. And she's that person. She's cute, but she's not what they want to have be the pretty girl in school. Um, and, and, and the setup to the show is simply this. He, doesn't, he, he likes her. He wants to be with her, but he tells her no one can ever know. And then over the the series of these episodes, we watch them weave in and out of each other's lives to the point I, I I'm going to jump ahead to my thoughts. I mean, it, it, it weaves. That's exactly it. It weaves. It constantly and truthfully hits moments. It never feels like it's never cute to me when, when they come back, it's truthful. And I wish more romantic things were this truthful. Real quick for the kind listener uh, available on Hulu. Also, episodes are 30 minutes long, so yeah. easy to digest. And that's uh, kudos for them for doing that. Um, I mean, even after, you know, binge watching some other things, half hour is just, is just uh, it makes things easier. Um, the hook for me on this show was when um, she returns home for the first time. And there's another woman in the household. And what I like is when directors and writers don't give you the full picture immediately and they let you assume. And so I immediately assumed that it was her sister or her mother. You know, she returned home and there's this person. So obviously it's got to be family. And this isn't this isn't gonna kill the story for anybody that watches it, but it turns out that the woman in the house is the mother of the male character, the male love interest, and she cleans the lead, the leading lady's mother's house for payment. And while I maybe didn't draw a very good picture there, what I'm trying to communicate to you, the kind listener, is. I like it when I'm I'm introduced to a situation and I'm already making assumptions about where this is going and what the storyline is and everything. And they did it in such a subtle way that I was like, oh, okay, all right. So they, you know, we've said time and time again on the podcast, we like storytelling. What a great way to kind of introduce a story. And believe you me, I was looking at this very, very hard and with a critical eye because... I was ready for it to become just very um, back and forth. I keep the word that keeps popping in my head is teenagey, which probably isn't in a word, isn't even a word, but just, just, I was ready for it to lose its luster and then just kind of become this typical show that's, that's on streaming services that just borrows from others and just becomes a tennis match of, of you're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. Let's break up. Let's not break up. It was much more than that and done in a much more subtle way. To me, it's a very interesting combination of like 16 candles, um, 50 shades of gray. Um, it's what 50 shades of gray should have been. And I thought that over oh. and over and over. There is a, 
I'm sorry to jump on that. You're so smart to bring that up because these characters are real. They're, they're fractured. They, they have insecurities. They, and it's, what's so funny is that Connell comes off with the very first of it is the strong character, the popular. And by the end, we see how weak he truly is and how she begins to elevate him, but then she falls apart. That's life. And that's what good storytelling needs to do. Uh, it's even so smart as when you introduce that his mother's in it, when he makes a dumb mistake, all I kept thinking was as a parent, do you know what I would tell Abby? I'm disappointed in you. Well, guess what the mother is? She, you know, she's honest and it it isn't just a character saying, go get the girl, honey. You know, you're a piece of shit for what you're doing, dude. And I, I, that is truthful storytelling. Now I will, I want to interject this. Don't be surprised if you don't need to turn on the closed captions. Cause this kid's <laughs> is so deep. There were t- after about two episodes, I was like, I have, I'm catching one third of what he's saying flipped it on, but you were making great points. Oh, thanks. It does have, it does have the idea of sweetness. Yes. There's a sweetness to their love, but how many of us have been in that sweet love? that doesn't completely connect. Right. What I liked, and, I, and it'd be it'd be awesome to talk to the writer of the book at some point, is I'm wondering if, if this one relationship is possibly based off of many different re- relationships or stories of relationships that the writer has either experienced or heard of. Yeah. Because throughout the, the first season, and there are talks of a second season, and if it doesn't come back, I'm fine with that too. It ends in a very nice way. Uh, and it, and it isn't your it isn't your bookend ending either. No. Uh, the spaceship was a huge surprise to me. Um, <laughs> I learned about myself watching this program, and I don't want to get all introspective and psychological on a kind listener and everything. Listen, we're we're a, we're a, a funky, fun little podcast about pop culture, but I'm being honest with you, the kind listener, and and with my buddy Todd here. I saw versions of me younger, stupider, arroganter, right? More arrogant. More arrogant. Um, I like arroganter. That's a good man name. Um, that, <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, you know, just, it's almost like at, at points, it was almost like having a camera that I didn't know about capture a moment that I remember and right. Uh, my perspective could be off and it wasn't always good. I'm not talking about like, Hey, uh, it looked really cool in that. Uh, by the way, the first stop before I get back into that, the first stop down for me in watching the show was when they cut to the scene where he's playing that sport. I'm like, Oh, they're playing rugby. No soccer. No, uh, Did you do that too? <laughs> I, I went to Shelly and I was like, I have no idea what sports you're playing. I can't figure it out. It looked like soccer with football, but with rugby, but maybe a little baseball. It, I didn't understand what the hell that was. And what a, what a, I don't know if it's a male wiring way. I don't know if it's a sports wiring way, but there's, you know, there could have been the most answer to cold fusion or the human psyche. And I was so stuck on what the hell they're dribbling the ball. Now, now they're kicking yeah. the ball. Now they're throwing the ball. Wait, are those nets? Does that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I thought, when did this become badminton? What I, uh, it, it, all that just aside, I think one of the things that really hits me. And one of the reasons that I, I went to Jeff went, I'm watching this. It's pretty yeah. damn good. I think there's a magic to storytelling when I'm so actively participating that I'm almost screaming at the screen for Connell to say something, but I know what he's struggling with internally. They're not giving voice to it at that moment. They're not defining it. She's not asking him, you're acting this way. Why are you doing that? This is not Dawson's Creek. There you go. Right. Keeps this internal. And we know because there's a, there's a litany of things that he's struggling with. There are five or six things on top of each other that he can't give voice to because he's afraid of who, how she'll see him. He's afraid of being rejected. He's afraid of admitting it to himself. All these things are there and he screws up because he won't give voice to it. And that is, that's when art becomes truth. When we as a viewer become an active participant because we've been right there right? and we know just tell her but he can't and i think the smart this i'm sorry i think the show is smart throughout i i really kept thinking when is this show gonna 
struggle? When is it going to fall on its face? And it takes some hard, hard turns in places, especially for Marianne, a, a character who feels very, not just unloved, but unworthy of love. She goes down some dark paths mm-hmm. of exploration, mm-hmm. and I thought it was pretty honest about those paths. It and it wasn't just sensationalistic. Um, we see some of the things that she struggles with and that she explores, but then what I do, and I, I don't want to ruin this moment, but there's a moment towards the end of it that, as somebody who loves visual storytelling, at the end they go to a bar. And they share a kiss. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And there is something that happens visually. And I'll tell you off air what I'm talking about. I will not say it here. Made me think this is somebody that understands the truth of this story. Yeah. They moved to kiss. It is just so honest. So true. I can't recommend this enough. I know that a lot of people are not going to embrace this because it is hard. Yeah. And and it, it can be almost depressing, but I, I always think that in the midst of darkness, if you can find the truth of love, man, that shouldn't feel depressing. That should feel hopeful. And I think this feels hopeful that if these people can find love, all of us can. Right. If you're, if you're currently drinking Sanka and you want to explore the possibilities of a darker brew of coffee with a little bit of bitter, maybe a little bit of sweet, then definitely check this out. Warning, there's lots of sex. So if you're thinking about sitting your young adolescent down and, hey, let's watch a a show about normal people, uh, be careful of that. One thing I want to mention as we wrap this up is uh, you reminded me the imagery, the cinematography. There are some shots in here. There's one that I'm remembering where it's just a um, shot of the wall with the light coming through the window, but in front of the window is and you're just seeing the shadow of the tree that's in front of the window and just watching the the shadow of the leaves dance sounds maybe when i'm describing it horrible but it's at the perfect time and the perfect moment and and i just think they take the the thing i like and and this will be my final thought the thing i like is that this show gives you time to breathe it's intense but it does have its moments where you're just looking at a shot of a coffee table and a little cottage with some tea on it and the, and the steam's rising off the tea and you're just like, wow, that's, that's such a great constructed shot. And then the aliens come in and you're like, what the hell? How'd they get ray guns? Let me dial back from Jeff doing that again. (laughs) Um, You're so right, Jeff. And I just, I, now I can't think of what film this was. I just watched thinking of those moments to breathe. And this is partially because of breaking down the Planet of the Apes movies on my other podcast sure. doing conquest right now, trying to record it. And I've, I've said numerous times throughout it, these, the scenes that they're doing, if, if given 10 seconds, that's all, all you need to breathe sometimes is 10 seconds right. of a shot of it can just be a city street and it just established where we are. I was watching something the other day and it starts with a very, very bold open that then lets the character just walk around the New York city streets. And we realize that, Hey, you may have your bold moments, but then yeah. there's the mundane nature until you get there. It, it gives us context. It gives us moments to digest that this show is never afraid to say, we're throwing a lot at you. And some yeah. of this is some very deep stuff. Yes. Um, and, and even, even when I talk about like the things that Connell struggles with, we don't, we know that he doesn't have a father in the picture. We're never explained how hard that is on him, but I kept thinking time and again, I wonder if he had a father, if this would be a little different, you know, mm-hmm. but I want to dial back to also, you, you said the, the sex scenes, and this is what finally made me watch it. Not the sex scenes themselves, but I read <laughs> this article on variety that the producers of the show had to send cease and desist orders to things like Pornhub because they had stolen all the sex scenes. Oh wow! Everybody keeps calling this like uh, real. They're very realistic sex. I, don't think they're real realistic sex. I think they're still movie sex uh, that, you know, almost has a montage feel to it. And it goes on a little bit longer than the average sex probably does. But the sex element is very prevalent. You're going to see full nudity on both sexes. Uh, if those things offend you be forewarned, like Jeff said, if you got kids in the house, you may want to wait, wait till they go to bed. Um, you're going to see just about all of it. So if that's the only reason you're coming to the show, there's a lot more there i yeah. promise you well said and uh so check it out it's on hulu it's called normal people and uh todd and i give it our uh, a big ding there check it out 
there's plenty of content out there, but you're looking for something a little bit different. And that's one reason why I'm glad we covered this is it's not just a typical, uh, another, uh, stranger things, another, you know, triple necessarily a triple a title. Um, but it's man, it, it's to me as I much appreciated more because of what Todd and I have discussed on this podcast of, of my education of film and, and understanding, you know, how those scenes and elements are put together. Uh, if you if you want just a peek into into some really good storytelling in that um, real people is uh, worth checking out. We're going to go ahead and start shutting things down here. I'm going to turn it over to Todd here if he's got any final thoughts uh, for this week to share with you, the kind listener. All I'll say is going back to our COVID update, if you are feeling alone, if you're feeling separated, if you're feeling the anxiety of it all, reach out to friends. Hell, call us on our new number. Let us know what's going on in your life and let us make you heard. There's no reason to feel alone. We're all in this together. I know that sounds, seems almost trite to say, but we truly are. Everybody hang in there. Hopefully this will be better soon. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate that. Look forward to talking to you next week, and we'll figure out what we're going to do on the other kind radio. And just to echo my podcast partner's uh, tone and words there. Yeah, I mean, it's everybody's going through their own thing right now. So, yeah. Um Talk to a friend, talk to, talk to an old friend. If there's, I've been trying to reach out to people that I haven't talked to in a while and just kind of check in and see how they're doing. Uh, but if you've got a, a COVID story or, or something you want to share info at the other kind email address, I N F O at the other kind radio.com, or just, you know, call us up and tell us to off. Um, and you can do that by dialing on your phone there, 214-843-1149. I actually looked to see if that spelled anything, but one doesn't have a letter. There's too many ones in there. So give us a call at 214-843-1149 and uh, give us your thoughts, feedback, uh, ideas. If there's a uh, subject you want us to talk about, uh, then make sure uh, you let us know. We'll make sure we do that. This has been The Other Kind Radio, episode 88. I am Jeff. He was Todd, is still Todd, will still be Todd. We look forward to talking to you next week. I want to remind everybody again, uh, we're on Instagram at uh, Talk Radio. Uh, we're at Talk Radio on Twitter. I've been trying to make sure I post some stuff out there for you to check. I want you all to take some deep breaths, get through this next week, stay positive. And if you get down, just remember we are The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio. The other kind of radio talk radio. The other kind of radio talk radio. The other kind of radio.